Okay, so we're back here with the Innovative Builder podcast. My name is Max Haben. I'm the brand director at JNRS Build, and I'm here with our owner and founder, Ray Sunberg. Nice to have you back, Ray. Yeah, good to see you again, Max. Ready for round two here? Absolutely. Let's do it. Feeling just way more comfortable than the first time? Well, uh, say a percent more comfortable. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's a game of percentages. It'll keep going up and up as we yeah. as we do it. Um, yep. And we're on the eve of Thanksgiving here, so I want to wish everybody a happy, healthy Thanksgiving holiday and Likewise. weekend. Yeah. And yep. uh, we were just talking about some of our favorite foods for Thanksgiving and getting ready to um, feast here over the next couple of days. Um, but yeah, today we're going to be talking about remodeling versus building new and why someone would want to remodel or build new. Um, and talk about some of the pros and cons of each, talk about the cost factors that go into it, and then also talk about just different different situations, different contexts um, for different people, and why they might consider making one decision over another. And, um, you know, part of the reason we wanted to get into this, we kind of were talking beforehand, is that I think for a lot of people, they might have some just preconceptions or ideas about remodels or or even building a new custom home that um, kind of might have them set in their ways a bit or thinking a bit narrowly about what their possibilities are and and uh, you know our our whole point of doing this podcast I think is to educate and inspire people to think differently and to reimagine their future home um, and so really maybe you know, getting into the weeds a little bit here on, um, yeah, some of the, the price factors, which, you know, obviously is a variable thing and is going to be different for every different situation. Um, but also talk about the, the human side of it too, which is just, you know, what's going to make people happy. What, what do they want for the place they're living in? And so I thought maybe we'd just start out talking about some of the financial side of things and kind of touching on that and, you know, when somebody when somebody asks you that question, why why or you know why would I remodel versus versus building new from a from a cost standpoint or for a budget standpoint? What are some of the factors that you're thinking about or asking questions about when it when it comes to that? Well, just right off the bat, oftentimes we hear that question phrased as why why should someone remodel? And I think oftentimes what they're asking really is what should I do? Mm -hmm. What are the things I should do? And should I remodel or should I be considering building new if it's not maybe that much more money? Well, that has a lot to do with what the overall plan might be, which could be an extensive remodel. could actually cost more than building new. We run into situations like that um, where somebody actually wants to do so much work to the house that it actually, the sum total of all the projects exceeds that of what it would cost for them to get a say comparably sized house uh, built for them mm -hmm. and a lot of that is that it takes a certain amount of labor to take things apart and if you're paying the labor to take apart something and then building it new your your uh, return on investment starts to deteriorate if you're doing a complete complete gut and remodel scenario mm -hmm. I so, think there's like a, maybe a, maybe it's just me, but just from all the HGTV and the, you know, 
uh, fixer-upper shows that we watch these days. Mm-hmm. It's almost like uh, you watch these TV shows where they do it, and it feels like they did it in a week. <laughs> yeah. And they they talk about flipping a house, you know. Yeah. It sounds like, a, oh, yeah, get in there and, and flip it and, yeah. you know, kind of this magic wand, and it's kind of an easier process than than building new but when you when you really get into how it works i mean it's right. like you said it's a it's a gut kind of it's more of a, a gut approach you're yeah you're taking things apart you're tearing it back down you're adding that step of kind of taking a step backwards right so i think everybody starts out with the financial part of it and there's a lot of things to consider when you're looking at even that angle um whether you do either one or the other each one is a financial commitment and I'm always at the premise that you're looking to hire me the builder to come in and do the work so you're paying the labor component and you understand that you're having a professional do it and it's going to be a very good end result and that's easy enough to prove with our past clients and testimonials and pictures and invitation to walk through our finished homes and our model homes and so forth but at the end of the day what can I afford per month is what it oftentimes boils down to for people. And a lot of that comes down to, okay, where am I at with my current equity? Like, do I owe uh, a reasonable amount of money for what the house is worth? Meaning if my house is worth less than what I owe, I shouldn't be considering building or remodeling. I should get my equity in the right place first. 80% loan to value is pretty common for people. Anything beyond that makes the bank squeamish. Mm -hmm. So we want to get to a place where, you know, we can essentially afford what we're planning to do. Could you break that down really quick? I didn't quite catch that 80% 80 loan to value. So if if you want to, for every hundred thousand that you want to borrow from the bank, or let's say you want to borrow 80,000 from the bank, they're going to want it to be worth a hundred thousand. That gives you that eighty percent. Okay. So they want a twenty percent buffer. So a two hundred thousand dollar value house that's worth two hundred, they might loan you one hundred and sixty. Okay. You know that's kind of gotcha. where they want to be, just for from an equity standpoint, to mm-hmm. have their interest covered in the event you walk. Gotcha. Um, with great. Uh, that's based on the home's value, not your actual equity in the house. Right. Yeah. So until you actually sell the house, you don't get your equity out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a couple different scenarios where you can pull equity out, like um, refinancing and so forth, uh, home equity loans, home equity lines of credit, different things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, big thing is that you have to feel comfortable about where you're at from an equity standpoint before you consider, say, remodeling. I think we start with remodeling because we know the goal is maybe eventually to have the new home. But for most people, the reality is we're going to do a little remodel and make it fit our needs. Mm -hmm. So um, without ending up house poor, you want to price out your project according to priority. Like what project is, is my biggest priority and do I save up for that or do I do a combination thereof and I go to the bank for a portion of it? keep in mind when you do the improvement it also increases your value and as a result allows you to have a higher uh, amount of debt Mm -hmm. but keeping in that debt debt ratio at 80 percent or improved is always a better thing and i always 
advise people that, you know, if you're actually spending more than half of your income, total household income on your housing, and that's housing, utilities, et cetera, that are tied to your housing, that you're, you know, maybe not in a comfortable place. Yeah. So that has a big factor, just figuring out the financial part of it. Mm -hmm. So then you got to figure out how much room do I have to expand my monthly cost and still feel like I'm not house poor, like strapped to my house. Um, and then is this a large remodel or is something pretty minor? Like on a large remodel, sometimes on day one, it's not really evident that it'll be worth that much more. Um, I should say on a small remodel, it, it might feel like it's not worth that much more than it would be like if you did a larger model where you can see the big change mm -hmm. right on the front end. Right. Uh, the other thing is it takes sometimes a few years to kind of catch up, meaning you might have more money into it on day one than what the value of that improvement was. Therefore, you need that equity to help fund that uh, dry spell until the market actually catches up right. and gets you to that uh, positive equity situation. Mm -hmm. So uh, lots of factors on the financial. Definitely uh, person has to be at a comfort level there before you can kind of move on to the next thing. Right. Now, I know you mentioned it can make sense for a lot of people, um, you know, thinking about the next step for them and, and making a, their home better, a better mm -hmm. place to live. Um, the idea of building a new home can be a little daunting. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what are some insights you might have for somebody that is thinking about the, kind of thinking about the longer term picture, you know, what, um, you kind of mentioned maybe taking that, that first step and taking a chunk out, you know, maybe the, maybe the kitchen. Mm -hmm. Um, do you have any sort of insight into that, you know, or, or maybe, maybe it is more possible for someone, you know, than someone thinks to build, build their own home. And maybe the remodel isn't the right way to go. And maybe there's a situation where it's not the case. I think the main thing is to be able to set those financial goals, because those are the ones that have to be reached in order to actually make it all happen. Mm -hmm. And then be very diligent and sticking to those financial goals. Like maybe it's, I'm going to save up for at least a 25% down payment on the new home. Mm -hmm. Understanding all along that time does work a little bit against you and that the prices do go up, but they don't go up at a rate of more than typically three to 5% in a given year. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a gradual progression. So you have to aggressively start uh, gaining equity, I guess you could say, in your yep. existing home. Do the maintenance, keep it looking good, um, repair the things that need repairing right away before they lead to structural concerns mm -hmm. so that you can maximize the amount of equity that you roll out of that at the time that you're ready to sell it and move on to the next thing, which might be another nicer home yeah. to remodel, or it might be time to build a new home, you know, mm -hmm. find the builder and, and start talking about the plans and, right. and doing the, uh, you know, what it takes to, to figure out a, a budget that you can work with mm -hmm. because factoring in that equity that you have in your existing home is entirely, um, 
a normal part of the budgeting process. Yep. And it's not like it's a bunch of like intangible, you know, you can get a market analysis generally for free from a real estate agent to know what the houses are selling for in your neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And from that, you should be able to determine how much equity you really do have to put toward the new project, whether it be buying another house, like I said, or, or getting ready to build new. Yeah. <clears throat> how about the kind of the emotional side of it? The, you know, the, the human question, you know, obviously there's the price factors, there's the equity things to figure out, but, um, you know, none, all of that is, is tied to what we want to and, and what people want from their home. And so you talk a little bit about how that plays in and as far as the questions you're asking someone about what's important to them. Right. So a lot of times, uh, from my standpoint, I look at it like if I'm truthful and honest with the client right from day one and I continue to be all the way through the process, they're going to only look at our company in a good light and be happy to work with us as I am happy to work with them. And if uh, we have a situation where something comes along and it was an unexpected cause, we can have a... Uh, civilized conversation on how to remedy it. Let's say there was uh, something took place during a remodel and the plumber had an accident with the water pipe and caused an extra issue that had to be dealt with yep. that caused maybe a little bit of angst. Mm -hmm. I think if everybody's in kind of a happy place where we're working toward a good positive result, you know, having that mindset from the beginning that we really thoroughly mapped out this project we had the budget very well defined everybody mm -hmm. went into it with their eyes wide open knowing what it was going to really cost we didn't come into it and have these uh ideas of change order we'll make it up with change orders mm -hmm. in other words our goal would be there wouldn't be any change orders right just that a kind of accounting of the final selections budget which right. is what the customer picked up Right. So going into it with that positive mindset has a huge impact on mm -hmm. coming out of it with positive result for right. everybody. And the remodel, I feel like, is one of those areas where people feel like, oh, you know, I think I give my uncle to do it or, you know, the guy down the street who does it on the weekends or something. Mm -hmm. You know, I think everybody naturally wants to save money. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure you've seen your share of. Right disaster stories enough to know okay you know this is what we're here for this is part of why we you know um we exist is to make this a, an enjoyable experience as much as uh, yeah. remodeling your house can be enjoyable you know right yeah we did have a scenario that came to mind that uh, a customer approached us about building a new um house uh it was on the shore lake superior and had a very um what would you say like uh to put it bluntly it was just a really awful experience with the builder mm -hmm. uh, meaning that it didn't get delivered uh even according to the prints there was quite a few errors mm -hmm. and it was uh well over budget after he started through change orders and then uh, at the end he contacted us and said he how he wished in hindsight, he would have went with our numbers and we mm -hmm. would have actually saved him a lot of money. Yep. If um, you had to actually people, I think you've told me before, Ty, that 
people have paid more right. for for us to come and work on a project to because repair. of your transparency in the quote. Right. Yeah, I've had that happen actually. Um, we actually added a on a commercial project one time a big addition, and they got three bids, and I was the middle bid, and they said you were quite a bit more than the low bid, but you were close to what the highest bid was. Mm-hmm. Said, but simply because of the fact that you had all the information and, and you were transparent, it was easy to see that we were knowing what we were getting mm-hmm. on day one. The plans only go so far, but your intentions are stated in writing. Right. You know, so, you know, that is a big factor. Yeah, you're talking about maybe giving up a part of your home for a while, maybe moving out of your house. You know, this is a huge life decision, really. Um, and, uh, and and you want to trust that people are doing the job. And, you know, that was uh, another <clears throat> other point I wanted to mention was in thinking about the remodel, obviously you got to think about the structure of the house. Yes. And you want somebody who's going to be honest with you about that and transparent right. about what that's going to look like. And, you know, what should be think people be thinking about when they're asking that question is, it, you know, is it even worth remodeling this house maybe? Right. So anytime you talk structure, I think of the overall, what is the house sitting on and how does it keep the elements out? You know, that's like the cladding of the exterior, but most importantly, starting with the foundation. And I think most people know when their foundation has issues, they can visually see the problems usually, and that's why they know about them, because there's water leaking into a basement and it shouldn't be. There's uh, things that are buckling or there's rot somewhere where there's no reason there should be. Mm -hmm. And if they want to ignore it and then expect the builder to come in and somehow you know work around these things and deal with them you know we can deal with them later but i want this new kitchen and i'm going to put it right over the top of this bad foundation mm-hmm. um you know we don't even want to be involved with that and who would want to be because mm-hmm. you're just opening the door to future problems right. essentially and issues so uh, verifying that and addressing those issues before as part of the work scope before you even start doing what the desired end result that's another reason why remodeling typically is a daunting task because there's things that need to be fixed before you can kind of get to the crux of what it is that you're even wanting to get done right like the nice brand new spaces if they have a lot of structural concerns well you Mm -hmm. can spend thousands of dollars on those first right of course one thing that comes to mind when someone's thinking about remodeling or building a new home is probably the style of house that you want mm-hmm. you know our our aesthetic is a is a more modern um you know uh, minimalistic sort of design yeah. um, much different than some of the houses you might see some of the old hundred year old houses in the congdon neighborhood um yeah you know so that's probably a big question someone should be asking from the get-go is what do you, you know what is it you're looking for in the architecture um you know what what kind of you know uh city are you living in where you know the the demographics you know we kind of talked about in duluth there's really a limited space if you're looking for a certain type of thing like a really specific type of house like that like an Mm -hmm. old charmer yeah not that you can't find that elsewhere but there's kind of one area where you're really going to find that yeah maybe you want to be out in the country and you want that rural feel but you want a kind of an old 
you know, vintage looking house with a bunch of character, yeah. like the ones you see in, in town, you might have to make some compromises there, or maybe there's some somewhere in the middle. I don't know. Right. But, uh, the good thing about like what we build and have built from the beginning, um, in our business in the last 25 years is that, uh, we've always been about simplistic design and energy efficiency. And it seems like it's really come for full circle in the last three to five years that we're finding that eight out of 10 people just are drawn, you know, just like always to our simplistic design mm -hmm. more so than anything else we show them, uh, in our portfolio that would have more like real rustic or mm -hmm. real refined, you know, right. they're more like in the model home we sit in right now, it's like very minimalistic in, in the sense that there's not a trim detail at the windows there are drywall returns and corian window sills it's almost like a little bit of a spartan feel like there's no trim mm -hmm. but it's super easy to maintain and that's what people are really all about these days they want to not spend a lot of time maintaining their house mm -hmm. right so one thing too we should probably stop uh talk a little bit about is the location mm -hmm. because that's something you can't change right it seems obvious, but it's pretty critical element. And having a, a house in the place where you want to live, I think, is more important than almost most all of these other factors. Hmm. Are there any examples you can give? Maybe situations where you had a a person come to you about a home project and they had something in mind, and then they end up going a different direction because they just rethought things, or maybe they wanted to to build new and they ended up remodeling or vice versa? Yeah, there is actually a, a scenario that I can think of that was probably three years ago where a kind of pre-retirement pre age couple, empty nesters, I guess you could say, they had a family in a house that they owned for 25 years, um, lived there, enjoyed the property. Um, it was a rural setting. Um, served them well but it was a house with a basement under it and they're at a stage in their life where they just didn't even care or want the basement anymore they didn't really feel like they needed that space mm -hmm. and they asked me to come in and kind of assess overall what would it take to remodel this house to prepare for just kind of that age in place mentality universal design and so they had a number in, in their head, I think, of around 100000 that they would pull from their savings. The, their house was paid for. And, you know, they'd get everything done and they would, you know, move on. Mm -hmm. And for how long the shopping list was, we were identifying quite a few things that they wanted to upgrade and change, you know, to make it fit their needs and into the future. And at around 300000 they said, enough, you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. let's... Uh, recalibrate here and, and look you know into this more what can we do yeah and at that point i recommended that they really look to uh potentially getting a uh piece of property that they could build on mm -hmm. and at that time they're in, in the country like i said and they wanted to get into town again they had been in town in their early part of their married life and they found a piece of property in a neighborhood that they really liked, bought it, and, you know, we designed and built the home, you know, with all these characteristics that they were really after. Mm -hmm. And 
they were really overjoyed with the whole end result. They didn't really think that they could afford a new home, but because mm-hmm. they had great equity, their house was all paid off. Right. You know, it was worth in excess of 300000 alone. Right. Uh, they were able to just roll that right into, you know, the, the new project, and they ended up in a house that, you know, they can feel like they can live there mm-hmm. you know, indefinitely. Yeah. As far as remodeling versus bot, uh, building new, what would you say is the biggest misconception that you see from from folks coming to you? Well, you hear this quite often that isn't remodeling less costly than new? And I always look at it like, okay, what perspective is this person coming from? Um, do they mean is the aggregate cost all in going to be less than if I build a brand new house? That's very possible. If you buy a house for 200000 and before we started today, we are talking about this a little bit. Um, if you put a $60,000 kitchen into it, which is a modest kitchen, you know, total kind of everything out, all brand new in, some, maybe some modifications to the mechanical systems, all new appliances. Mm-hmm. So then you're at two let's say. Now, if you take that same 2,000 square foot house um, in our market, that's possible to do. Um, maybe not 200, maybe it's more like 250, mm-hmm. and then you add the 60. But in that ballpark, um, you could end up with something pretty nice. You know, maybe you got to paint, maybe you got to do flooring. All those things add up, but maybe you do them out of pocket. So that's one perspective. Now take a 2,000 square foot house, have it built by a contractor on a lot that you go out and find and maybe pre buy because you're trying to keep the costs at the bank, you know, down on your mortgage. Mm-hmm. You're still going to be in the vicinity of 400000 at the end of the day. So someone's synopsis or answer to that would be, yeah, it's cheaper to remodel than to buy new. Put it this way, it's generally more affordable to remodel than to build new. Meaning you can end up at a lower monthly payment if you want to look at it that way. Right. From an equity standpoint, they should be pretty similar. Mm-hmm. You know, you should have a similar amount of equity at the end of the day from one to the other. Right. Typically, it will cost as much as um, you'll have into it in either scenario, and sometimes more than. You know, if you're if you don't really have any cash to bring to the table, and that goes back to that 80 percent loan to value. So that mm-hmm. right off the bat. Up uh, implies that you need 20% of it right. as a down payment. Is there any, as far as approaching it from a the standpoint of trying to, you mentioned getting money from the bank, which for most people, that's what they're looking at. Um, mm-hmm. I'd love to have all the cash on hand right. to pay for it. But most people, that's the reality. And so thinking about remodel versus buying a home, uh, building a new home, is there, is it easier get one over the other are there a similar sort of process as far as you know what what you're capable of getting from the bank i'm gonna say that it's a little easier to buy a house at a lower price point like an existing house than it is to build and the reason i say that is because you can in the right scenario you can find a pretty good house pre-existing house that might need this work done to it but there's several ways to get the work done to it. Whereas with a new home, you pretty much got to go to the bank for the whole amount 
hmm. work up the construction loan, and it's all going to be carried under that one umbrella mortgage mm-hmm. you know that's going to take care of the whole project from start to finish and they have to use a sworn construction statement with the contractor who's basically guaranteeing to build the house as described and drawn for that dollar amount right that's stated on the sworn construction statement you have more flexibility in a remodel in that a you're probably buying at a at the affordable level of your um income uh, where you where you land in income, uh, and what the bank will approve you for. A lot of people will uh, say, "Yeah, I was told I could get a loan for four hundred thousand with the bank, but I found a house I like for two hundred fifty thousand. So I'm like in a really good spot here." Well, the house might be only worth two hundred and whatever eighty thousand or three hundred thousand. So even there, they still have to come up with a percentage of cash, you know, because the appraised value comes into play. But mm-hmm. then they feel like they have some room to spend some more money on the house to actually um, do the things they want. And they can kind of control the pace at which they do it. Right. So that's why remodeling is more attractive. Right. But for someone, you know, and that makes sense. I think that's typically the um, kind of the, the consensus. But then I think there's also maybe a little bit of a, you know, this feeling that building a new home for someone is a little bit of a pipe dream and mm-hmm. not attainable do you think it's more attainable than people realize do you think more people could build a new home than than think that they actually could absolutely and a lot of that has to do with um on the front end planning and setting goals and then setting milestones on the way to those goals mm-hmm. and to make sure that you're hitting the milestones as you're making as you and if you're not well then readjust your your end goal so that it is realistic because there's nothing worse than setting goals that you're not hitting the milestones on and then you kind of throw up your arms and like you're you're done with it right it's just like anything personal in life whether it be uh, weight loss or a conviction to begin doing more exercise right if you don't have milestones to hit um, you won't reach your goals effectively right it might mean waiting a few more years saving up for a bigger down payment might get a little more equity in your current house but yeah that discipline can pay off if yeah. you focus and then that waiting take that out of the the um, context of the word meaning do now what you can mm-hmm. don't sit on your heels and and wait for things to happen make things happen um, do those things to your house right now that you can mm-hmm. to to keep that value up at it. it's absolute you know, don't expect that, yeah, I'll let all the paint fall off of this house and then think that, you know, somehow I can paint it like a month before I'm going to sell it and everything right. will be just great. Well, if the paint's all falling off, it's deteriorating the wood behind it too. Mm-hmm. Or if you got problems with the furnace or things like that, address the problems rather than wait yeah. until you get a really expensive repair or the roof is starting to leak, setting out pans to catch the water when it rains isn't really a great approach right um get the roof or flashing fixed keep everything in tip-top shape so that you'll get tip-top dollar when it comes time to sell yeah do you see a lot of people um you know obviously the idea of kind of fixing something up or remodeling and kind of getting diy the diy culture which we totally encourage you know we, we want people to get their hands dirty too um but 
with a new home, do you see a lot of people uh, coming in wanting to sort of supplement the work, part of the work themselves? And how do you deal with that um, situation when somebody's interested in sort of maybe doing certain parts of it mm-hmm. to offset some of that cost? So if it's a new home, we always need to start from the foundation up because everything hinges on a very well-executed foundation put in square level plumb all that needs to be very much correct so we would allow someone to say take their house from the framing shell to completion but they would need to know what that defining point is which i would help them find and we've Mm -hmm. done that but it's been years most Mm -hmm. of our projects are turnkey some of the remodeling we've done we've actually taken it to that level even in recent times Mm -hmm. They're going to be happiest with us doing the whole project, though, I can tell you that. And part of this is because I get the ability with my subcontractors and vendors to buy product and services at a better price point than they'll ever be able to because of the fact that I have an ongoing relationship with these people. I'm getting the best pricing. Right. And when they go out, they might see almost a doubling effect on some of the pricing just because the one-off customer isn't, always going to be a great appeal to the electrician mm-hmm. you know the scheduling can be an issue um, they're in and out of there uh, several times rather than kind of a concentrated effort for that one to three days of doing the roughing and the one to three days of doing the finish mm-hmm. you know how they're accustomed to working with the builder so right. therefore their price is adjusted accordingly on the front end because they know about all that that and the fact that I can buy wholesale pricing on many of the things has, you know, impacted our ability to pass on better pricing to the consumer. And that's a huge amount of factor in today's world with even uh, scarcity of materials and so forth, having the angle to be able to buy product where it seems like there's nothing available at the lumber yard. Yep. Still getting units of plywood and two by fours shipped to the job site. Right. And they're wondering how we're doing that. Well, it's because we have past relationships with vendors and so on. So I always advocate that we try to do everything turnkey. But right. if we have a defined start and stop, that's good enough too. Yep. That's the key, defined. Yeah, and I guess that segues into, you know, um, you kind of talked about being able to, you know, bring the subcontractors together as the general contractor. Now we're sort of, taking that a step further too with this whole design showroom yes and bringing that really bringing a, a sort of start to finish service to mm-hmm. people um how do you see that um sort of evolving the way that we build homes and, and design and build homes and, and remodel homes in the future and how, what benefit that's bringing to clients well one of the reasons that we considered even building the showroom and having that Uh, service is that exact frustration that you're talking about where customers would actually say to us how do I get the cabinet selected and the plumbing fixtures selected I mean are these uh, vendors that I'm going to be going to solicit price from are they affiliated with you or is there any uh, specifics that I need to know before I go there. So each one there's a different answer for because vendor A has 
a certain percentage base that you can count on. Uh, vendor B has a percentage that varies according to the product brand that you're looking at. Uh, vendor C is just all over the map. You know, one mm -hmm. week their prices are. So it's like I couldn't even give them a definitive answer on those items. So we felt like with the showroom now, and we're getting wholesale pricing through our vendors, we're able to pass on those savings with our standard markup, which is, you know, disclosed, you know, right at the beginning. So there's no surprises. Mm -hmm. And so it gives kind of this level of comfort with us and the client that um, it's going to be always a consistent process from start to finish. There's mm -hmm. not this variability that's always going on. Right. The other thing is when people would go into showrooms, they would never know what the cost was to actually have a kitchen put in, for instance. Right. All they could get was the cost of the cabinets or the cost of the cabinets and countertops. And in some instances, some of the other things like some of the fixtures like uh, appliances mm -hmm. and so on, sinks and faucets, like I said. But um, for us now with the showroom, our intention is to complete that whole circle where the customer experience is that they can come in, get excited about product, see what we have. And then from there, they can actually start making pointing their fingers and making selections. And we can start right away, giving them a ballpark idea of, of what it is that the total installed project's going to cost them, yeah. you know, based on a little bit of input from them about their existing conditions, maybe some pictures and a few dimensions and, kind of that general broad-based work scope to give them kind of a plus or minus 10% idea of what the cost will be for their full remodel. And that's real satisfying, I think, to people yeah. to be able to have that, not just what this item's costing and what that item's costing, and then hoping they remembered all the items. Rather, we're showing them what all the items are and what the total cost will be. Yeah, yeah that's exciting to think about, just the efficiency of that you know, process and... Um seeing that well-oiled machine happen the designers and the and the builders working together and uh you know folks being able to just come in and get their hands on things right away use some of the technology to start to piece together their kitchens yeah and uh yeah it's, it's gonna be really really fun to see um well i don't have any other questions unless there's anything else you want to add no, before I we close we covered it a little bit of ground today yeah it's always tomorrow or actually maybe not there's, tomorrow but there's we'll, always more yeah we'll be tomorrow's food thanksgiving tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> there's always more to cover we we look forward to talking more about this um this topic uh and and if you have any questions feel free to check out our website jrsdeluth.com where you can see some homes that we've built and you can uh, contact us and get in touch about your project and what you're thinking about um this this podcast is is being being produced to um, encourage people to think differently about their future home. We we were talking before uh, about the term dream home, and and you know I think even better than the term dream home is better home. Mm -hmm. And we always want to be encouraging folks and inspiring them to think about their home in in the terms of how can this home be better or or how can my future home be better. And so. Feel free to reach out to us with any questions or ideas that you have about a future project. We'd love to talk to you more about it. And um, again, for JNRS Build, my name is Max Haben, and this is Ray Sumberg. We appreciate you being with us. Yeah, thank you.